Well, we've got a fun episode coming at you guys today. It's going to be our usual top 10 list here on a Friday morning. But as soon as we hit record, Corbin Burns was traded. Hello and welcome to today's edition of Side Retired. It's Dylan Campione, Nico Fernandez, and Henry Kalani, as always. And guys, we're going to inevitably talk about Corbin Burns on today's episode, given that we are breaking down the top 10 starting pitchers, and I think we'd be foolish not to include him on our list. But here we are. He's no longer the favorite for the National League Cy Young Award. He's now one of the favorites for the American League Cy Young. And before we get into our list... Guys, how you doing? And let's do a little bit here at the top. Instant reaction to Corbin Burns being traded to the Baltimore Orioles in exchange for two top prospects and a complimentary first round pick. Nico, if you want to tell us all about the deal. I personally think that it's the absolute best case scenario for the Orioles. The whole thing that was running around this whole offseason is that they were going to have to give up Kobe Mayo, a guy who had 30 bombs in the minors last year. And that really seemed to be the thing that was holding them from trading for either Cease or Burns. And the fact that they were going to go and now able to get Corbin Burns, even if it's for a year, I think that they have a good shot of re-signing him, especially with the new ownership group. The fact that they were able to get him without having to include one of their top prospects, D.L. Hall, Joey Ortiz, and a comp pick, which again – with how this year's draft class is looking in comparison to last year, that comp pick is a lot more like a second round pick than it is a first round pick. I think they're absolute winners here. The big question for the Orioles last year is, yeah, your offense is young and great, but when you get to that first game where it's a dude against a dude, you just didn't have that dude on the mound and it really showed, they now have that dude. They have the dude. I mean, they have a guy who, again, we're going to talk about later on the show, is there a better, there's maybe one or two better guys that you would rather have as your ace in the MLB? And the fact that you got that and you're only giving up a couple prospects and saying the prospect that you thought you had to give up, I thought it, it's a massive win for them. Henry. Yeah, I mean, obviously I'm not an MLB GM, but if I'm the if I'm the Brewers, how is that what you're getting back? I understand Burns is gonna walk in free agency, but I feel like teams would have been able to give up at least that at the deadline. A team like the Orioles coming into the deadline, if they still need pitching, I feel like they would have been been even more willing to give up more than just D.L. Hall and Joey Ortiz. The Orioles did not need Joey Ortiz. That's the crazy thing. They, they are not hurting their farm system by this trade. And it's insane to say that because when you think of a guy like Corbin Burns, you're, you think, all right, you're going to have to give up some pretty big pieces. The Orioles didn't really – Joey Ortiz did not have a place in the Orioles' future of their infield. Like, And so that is just – and it's just mind-blowing to me that they were able to get this, get this done. And, I mean, just as an AL East guy, they just became so much more scary. I was about yeah, to say, I mean, that's, the, that's the next question, Nico, as well. AL set or AL East power rankings. What's up? Look, I think if you expect, and I think that the Orioles are very similar to like the Lions, where I think they're going to be have a lot of love and a lot of expectations this season as the Lions are going to have next season. 
if everything goes right and every guy progresses how you expect, they're going to be better than the Yankees. I'm sorry. It's just more that they have more depth at each position. The big question was going to be, there's no, in a seven-game series, you'd probably take the Yankees because they don't have an answer for Garrett Cole. Now they do. Obviously, we're going to get into the rankings and talk about if Garrett Cole's number one, if Garrett Cole's number two. Corbin Burns is, again, very similar to Garrett Cole in terms of any day of the week, he can go toe-to-toe -to -toe with Garrett Cole. That was really the big problem with them. So now, again, when you look at the guys that they have and the guys that they could have coming up, if what they want to come true, I think they'll because of how well and deep their lineup would be, again, Yanir Cano is going to be their closer. I think he's going to be fine in that role. They really don't have a weakness now. Again, I, obviously, we're going to see some regression from like Bradish and Means, and Grayson Rodriguez is kind of a question mark. But if a lot of stuff goes right, that's again, we, we talk about things going right for teams. All the stuff that needs to go right for them is very plausible. Guys need to progress that are really young. That's really all they need to do because now they have their number one. I think that if they hit expectations, they're going to be the number one team in the AL East. Conversely, Henry, what's up with the NL Central now? This I've it's hard to say that the NL Central is wide open, right? But like it's wide open. It like in such an odd way, right? Like it's not like, oh man, like the NL East from like 2022. This is wide open, right? You got three teams that could take it. The the NL Central is just like, yeah, I could I guess I, I could see the Cubs winning. I could see the Cardinals winning. Even right now, like I could see the Brewers winning if you really want to get spicy. I could see the Reds winning, but it's not confident at all. It's like, man, these guys are juggernauts, so they're gonna like fight it out for first place in the central. It is I I think I think it'll be more entertaining than the AL Central, but like, man, what is going on in the Midwest? Because <laughs> it's just it's brutal to watch right now. Nico. I think, yeah, number one, like you said, I think the NL Central just got a lot worse, meaning because the big thing about the Brewers and having Corbin Burns is they had a floor. Their floor was extremely high. Like There's a lot of volatility with teams in the NL Central. The thing with the Brewers was like, we have Corbin Burns. We have Freddy Peralta. We're at minimum going to be in the mix. And now it just seems like any team could be great. Any team, every team, I think, could be first in the division. And I think every team could be last in the division. But I think the biggest loser, besides I think the Brewers, I think the Brewers got fleeced. A big loser in this, I think, is, is the Blue Jays. I think that the Blue Jays basically got cemented into the three spot. I think that they're kind of now going to be fighting. I think they thought, hey, we can surprise people. Maybe you get like that first spot. I think with Corbin Burns adding to the Orioles, I think that cat catastrophe would have to happen for the Orioles to be in second or first place. I think the AL East crown is basically not happening for the Blue Jays. So I think after all this, the guys who are there and scared the most right now are the Blue Jays because it seems like they're only going to be able to get a wild card spot at best. I will also point out Corbin Burns has made one career start against the New York Yankees. Henry, do you remember how that start went? It was a couple of years ago at this point. Oh, I probably had to have been pretty good. It was uh, a couple he, years ago. He went eight innings pitched and allowed zero hits and was taken out due to a pitch count. I mean, um, I don't I don't I don't know that like any Yankees fan is gonna be like, oh yeah, man, the Yankees are could totally hit Burns. Like, no. No. Like, I think the Yankees were first in the AL East when the Orioles didn't have Corbin Burns. Now that the Orioles have Corbin Burns, it's like, 
all right, Yankees are still number two in the division until I see otherwise. Well, what's going to be interesting now is that Nico did hint to it. There's a debate. Initially, about two hours ago, Garrett Cole is the best pitcher in the AL East. Settled, done, Still is. easily. Still is. Now there's at least a debate. And let's get into that debate by talking about our top 10 starting pitchers. And this is a complicated list. We're going to start off by saying all the pitchers on our list, we made the caveat they must be active and healthy throughout the full regular season. I'll be honest, Jacob deGrom has and always will be my number one starting pitcher in baseball until he retires. But we ban guys like deGrom, Max Scherzer, Brandon Woodruff, Shane McClanahan, Sandy Alcantara, Shohei Otani, Clayton Kershaw, Robbie Ray, Tyler Molly, Toby Gonsolin, Dustin May, Drew Rasmussen, Jeffrey Springs, Steven Strasburg, Andrew Painter, Lance McCullers, Luis Garcia, David Peterson, and Herman Marquez, who are all missing at least four months of the season due to injury. Which, first off, comment on that for a second, that the amount of massive injuries for pitchers in Major League Baseball is up a ton. And not only is it injuries, but I bet I just named at least five guys that we'd heavily be considering for our list right now. But anyways... Nico, kick us off with your 10 to 1 as always. Henry, your 10 to 1, my 10 to 1, and let's get into it. Uh, before, I think we can all agree this was the hardest list. Yes. Easily, right? Henry, yeah. would you agree? Yeah, definitely. Yep. I just want to get that clear before because I think no matter how this goes, everyone's going to hate in the comments. But mm-hmm. 10, I got Logan Webb. Nine, I got Tyler Glass now. Eight, Zach Wheeler, followed by seven, Zach Gallen. Six, Kevin Gosman. Five, hot take, I have Tariq Skubal. Four, Spencer Strider. Three, Sonny Gray. Two, Corbin Burns. And one, Garrett Cole. Henry. Man, I just heard, I heard some guys who I just forgot, like, forgot existed. I was like, shit, <laughs> they should probably should be on my list. <laughs> um, At 10, I got Gallon. At nine, I have. Oh, wait, no. My apologies. This was pre-edit, Henry. <laughs> At 10, I got Gallant. 9, I have Luis Castillo. 8, Max Freed. 7, Zach Wheeler. 6, Blake Snell. 5, Sonny Gray. 4, Dylan Cease. 3, Corbin Burns. 2, Spencer Strider. And 1, Garrett Cole. And I've got... Henry's going to love me this one. At number 10, I got Marcus Stroman. 9, oh Luis Castillo. What? 8, Zach Gallant. 7, Kodai Senga. 6, Kevin Gosman. Five Cole Reggans, four Justin Verlander, three Corbin Burns, two Zach Wheeler, and one Garrett Cole. Never, it, Dylan just does it for the. Dylan likes to put his his list first on the slides that we post on Instagram. <laughs> he knows it'll get the clicks. He knows it'll get the comments. Click baby Dylan, bro. Classic. But let's talk about that guy that we did have a unanimous number one, Garrett Cole, dominant. How easy was that pick? Garrett Cole, I, I mean Yankee fan, go first. <laughs> he's the best pitcher in baseball. Um, I don't think he'll win the Cy Young this year. I think he'll perform at a Cy Young level. But um, I mean, I was I, at one point in time. I feel like all the stars who I was like, I don't really like this guy. Whether it's like Harper, or Cole, like there was a point in time where I wasn't a where I wasn't a guy who loved Garrett Cole. But he's he's awesome. He's like he just goes out there. He does his job. Um. And he knows he's good, right? And I don't know. There's something about him that's just he's the he was the epitome of consistency when we had the opposite when it coming out of the starting rotation last year. And while I think that he won't go back to back just because of voter fatigue, um, 
I think that he is 100% will be the best pitcher in baseball this year. Nico. Yeah, I mean, Garrett Cole has reached a point of where he will pitch well, not win the Cy Young, and we're still going to see him as the best pitcher in baseball. Like, kind of how Trout was with the MVP when he was in his prime, like, which I think he still is, but kind of when he was winning all of them, where it's like, no matter how the season goes, he's going to be the best player in baseball. The question is, are people going to give him the MVP? I think that a thing that's going to hurt Garrett Cole is kind of what you said, voter fatigue. I think it's just going to be same old dominance. And people are going to much rather vote for a guy who breaks out. So I think that he's going to be Garrett Cole next year. And I think that, hey, he may not have, like, again, the best statistical season and does meaning, like, just the numbers jump out at you. But I think that I, there's not a doubt in my mind that we're going to be ending this year and it's going to be like, if you could take a picture right now for a season, who would it be? I think the unanimous answer right now, and I think at the end of 2024, will still be Garrett Cole. I think this is also a key moment to point out for our listeners. If you're not a very, like you've been with us this whole time, we just want to explain the concept of the top tens. We're saying it's for the 2024 season. So yes, obviously, Blake Snell won a signing and was dominant in 2023. He'd be a top two to three pitcher for the 2023 season. But that's not how we're doing it. We're doing educated projections in that obviously you can't go crazy and just fluky say that Tyler McGill is going to be a top five pitcher in 2024. There he is on my Something list. Something you would five. do. Potentially. But it needs to be like a based on their 2023, this is how I think they're going to do in 24. So that's how why we have to say the whole Maybe he's not going to win the Cy Young, but the body of work for Garrett Cole, when we look back on this list in October, we're going to say, yeah, he's still a number one pitcher in baseball. But let's talk about, again, the guy that we were just referring to in the trade, Corbin Burns, but from a different angle. Does going to from Milwaukee to Baltimore help or hurt his spot on your list? Because I know we literally had our list done. We're about to hit record. Was just editing through all of our great fan submitted emails to figure out what we're going to do in our last segment. And then we got the Jeff Passon news. So I know you didn't have that much time to process it or think about it. And I'm giving you a couple seconds now to do so too. What happened with Corbin Burns once this move happened? I mean, will, will he give up a home run this year? I mean, that is the, that's the largest ballpark known to man. <laughs> that's <so> valid. Like, <laughs> like, will Corbin Burns give up a home run this year? <laughs> I think that that's the question people have to be asking. I feel like now he's the favorite. I think that's not a hot take. Favorite for AL Cy Young. Um, he's a dog walk year. Like he's got to he's got to put it all out on the table. And I think he's just been given the keys to the kingdom to do just that. Yeah, I mean, he literally shot up my rankings because I. A lot of it was to me is how I structure mine is. I thought Garrett Cole, no matter what, was going to be number one. And then I kind of have my four, when I go two through four, I'm like, my two Cy Young guys have to be in here. And I had some uh, a guy for the AL that I'll talk about a little later. But right when I saw that Corbin Burns became an Oriole, I'm like, this, I would be crazy. The only reason I had Corbin Burns lower on my list was my for simply, he's not winning the Cy Young because he's in the NL and I had my NL Cy Young pick. <laughs> I now he's he's one of my favorite pitchers in the league. I think he's winning the Cy Young for the AL. I'll put it down right here. I think he's gonna win it. So he shot up my rankings. I put him at number two because I think he's that good. I think that the I know I think the NL is gonna have a lot of good pitching this year. And I thought yeah. that he was gonna kind of maybe just get beat in the mix and like just get lost in the mix a little bit. 
But now I think, again, besides Garrett Cole, I think it's wide open for him. I think especially with the fact that there's going to be voter fatigue with Garrett Cole. And Corbin Burns is that dude. He's pitching in a very pitcher-friendly ballpark, and he's pitching against in a successful organization against competitive teams. I think he's going to be that guy that wins Cy Young. He's now my pick to win Cy Young. And that changed in literally 30 seconds. I actually <laughs> was changing my list. So I had him cut on the Google Doc, and I was going to put him somewhere. And then you went... Corbin Burns got traded to the Orioles and then I moved everyone down. And instead of putting him where I was, I put him at number two. I like it. Now let's play some popcorn. I'm going to name a guy that you had on your list and you're going to go. Henry's going to go first. Then we're going to go to a guy that Nico had on his list, whoever you ranked higher. Henry, we're going to start with you. Your number two, Spencer Strider. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think Spencer Strider is going to win the NLCI this year. That's like, I, I've been avoiding the Nico the Nico um, train of thought where you put your award guy, but like, I, I think that this is his year. He's, I feel like this every year he's had something where people are like sort of needs to figure this out. Right. Like, like his it's four been and a half hard hit. Hater. Get into that. Don't get into that. Cause I was going to help Henry out. Don't hate um, Go Henry. Um, and, no, and it's like, dunk on him with you. He has, he has every, he has, he's had something that he's had to figure out. And I feel like towards the end of last season, we're not going to talk about the playoffs because it's not a playoff award. Um, towards the end of last season, it felt like we got the full Spencer Strider. And I think that this year, he's a couple years into the league now. We are now going to see the epitome of what he can be as the most dominant. Uh, he will be the Shaq of the MLB. He will be the most dominant starting pitcher that the game will see this year. That home run from Reese Hoskins still hasn't landed. But Nico, since we just mentioned National League Cy Young, the floor is yours because your number three might have stunned some people. I love Nico's number three, let me just say. (laughs) Spencer Strider was, by ERA versus expected ERA, the unluckiest pitcher in baseball by a whole run. He went from... cares about luck? Oh, no, not at all. Luck doesn't mean anything. Um, I love... the Mets suck. Yeah, <laughs> just, just <laughs> thanks. Just out of nowhere, thanks. But getting into my Cy Young pick, I love Sonny Gray. I he's the thing I like about him is that he's just able to spin the ball at an elite level and has just elite stuff that you can't that you can't teach. He's coming off a runner-up Cy Young season, so people are gonna be like, "What's Sonny Gray?" The guy was second in Cy Young last year. Let's not act like the guy wasn't in a top three AL player last year. And I think that he's going to a league, a division that's, again, going to be very friendly towards him. The best two hitters in the league, he doesn't have to pitch to. The third best hitter in that division hits the ball only on the ground in Christian Yelich. He has a lot of things going for him. And again, I think that this is going to be the Cardinals bounce back year. I think that a lot of what we saw from the Cardinals was... I think it's just going to be like just something that we just didn't expect. And I don't think it was more that there was like a key problem. The key problem was pitching and they just brought Sonny Gray. I think that Sonny Gray is in the perfect position to not only replicate what he did last year with a 2-8 ERA, but just build upon it. And I think that last year, a lot of it was Blake Snell was the clear winner because he had such a low ERA. I think that this year, I think it's going to be a lot closer and I think that if the Cardinals are successful, then he's going to be able, even though wins don't matter, 
he's going to be able to rack up a lot of wins because Cardinals are probably going to win the NL Central, in my opinion. And I think he's going to be the ace. And I think pitching in a friendly division with his stuff and what he was able to show that he could do last year, he's going to replicate it and be even more. I think he's going to have like a 2-6 ERA next year. All right, I'll complete the carousel by going with my NL Cy Award pick that I have at number two, and that's Zach Wheeler. I think ever since he left the Mets and joined the Phillies, he's been the epitome of a workhorse been starting every fifth day no matter what last year at 190 innings 2022 missed a couple of games but still finished 153 innings which is for most standards in major league baseball a very solid year for wheeler that's his lowest total in the last five seasons other than 2020 2021 200 innings and it's not that because there are some pitchers in baseball that compile innings and aren't great wheeler has both the per rate stats as well as the rankings of 200 plus innings if you go by pitch run value which i know a lot of people love he was in the 99th percentile in both his fastball run value and his overall pitching run value he had a 3.6 era year before he had a 2.8 era strikes out a ton of guys he was in the top seven percentile in walk rate in major league baseball plus and i love this phrase and i know some people don't believe in it but we saw it with blake snell contract season players step it up and they want the bag and I know there's rumors right now that Zach Wheeler might sign the extension to become a Philly for life in the next two weeks or so. Hopefully it doesn't happen in the next 24 hours to make this outdated. But Aaron Judge didn't accept the contract extension and hit 62 homers. Blake Snell didn't take the contract extension and won a Cy Young. Here comes Zach Wheeler, contract season, ace of the Phillies, carry them back to October as much as I don't want to see it happen. I can definitely see it becoming a reality. Zach Wheeler is one of those pitchers. We know what we're going to get out of him. It's going to be a solid pitcher, and I feel very confident in this number two ranking. But Henry, another guy, now that Corbin Burns has been traded, the other name that's been on the block for the last yeah. two years, you're number four, Dylan Cease. Yeah, I mean, this was sort of my my ballsy pick because I feel like people sort of forgot last year how good Dylan Cease was in 2022. And yeah, there were some concerning metrics. We can't be like FIP and walk rate and all that other made up crap. <laughs> um, no, but Dylan Cease, I think that I I really do believe that everybody on that White Sox team was bogged down by the fact that the White Sox are terrible. And you may be like, Henry, the White Sox are still terrible. <laughs> and while that is true, I feel like Dylan Cease, now that he now that there are literally no expectations for the team to perform, right? The White Sox being terrible this season will not be a surprise to anyone. So Dylan Cease literally just gets to be the lone bright spot. Oh, actually alongside Luis Robert. He, Dylan Cease gets to be the lone bright spot on this team. And while, yes, there were some concerning metrics last year, looking at his entire body of work and his relatively new, like, recent career, Dylan Cease has proven that he can be a top five pitcher in Major League Baseball, and I have no, I have no problem predicting that last year was an off year, and he's going to be back on the horse and a lot better this year. From one sucky AL Central team to another, Nico, your number five, Tarek Skubal. I was so close to putting him as my side. I that this was going to be my Cy Young. I was actually going to say that he was my Cy Young minutes before Corbin Burns got traded to the Orioles and absolutely just messed up my whole ranking. Um, if you guys have ever taking a look at Tariq Skubal's um, baseball savant page. I don't know what a lot of these mean. I've actually learned because of this podcast what they mean. The one thing I know is that red's good, and it's all yeah. red. 
Uh-huh. The thing is, and from interpreting it, he does everything that you'd want in a pitcher for them not to score runs on him. K rate, elite in the 95 percentile. Walk rate, 96th percentile. And ground ball rate, 96th percentile. What does that mean? K's everyone. Doesn't walk anyone. And when they hit it hard, it's on the ground. If you guys want to know why Christian Yelich isn't hitting, if you look at his thing, the only thing that's changed from his MVP year to now is the fact that instead of hitting the ball in the air, he's hitting the ball on the ground. So Tariq Skubal, to me, he's poised for a breakout year because everything that he's done is going to be limiting damage. No one's going to hit the ball in the air on him because he has a nasty sinker. So all the balls that are going to hit off, hard off of him are going to be on the ground. And that really showed itself last year. He had a 2-8 ERA with an expected ERA of a 2-3, which is absurd. The big question with Tariq Skubal is, is he going to be able to get to that pitching? And I hope, I think that this is going to be the year. He went, he got hurt a little bit late 2022, and that went into 2023. But in those 100 innings that he was in 2023, it was absolutely dominant. And I think that he's going to be able to replicate that this year because all the things that he do is the recipe for a good pitcher. He goes and he K's people, doesn't walk anyone. And then when he does give up hard hits and makes mistake pitches, they're on filthy sinkers that people are just bursting into the ground for hard ground balls to shorter third. So again, the big thing about him is he may get, have like dry streaks, but he's going to limit the home runs so well that his K rate and his walk rate are really going to just be able to be at the nth degree more exponentially better because when he isn't going for those Ks, he's still not giving up the long ball, which is, again, is like a problem with Spencer Strider, even though I had him high on my list. The big thing with Spencer Strider and guys like Garrett Cole is they have all these stats, and the one thing that kills them is they give up the long ball. Tariq Skubal doesn't do that. So I think, again, if you're looking for a perfect pitcher from like what you would build, that's Tariq Skubal's 2023. I like it. Let's talk about the Tom Brady of Major League Baseball, and that's Justin Verlander, who I think if Justin Verlander posted the past two seasons that he did at age 27 and 28, and he's entering his age 29 season, he's rivaling Garrett Cole for the best pitcher in baseball. Yeah, and but I he's get not. It. But at what point can we say there's been no signs of stopping? His last three seasons, he's posted a 3-ERA, a 3.2, and a 1.75. You heard that right. 1.75 ERA and 175 innings pitched. Justin Verlander is elite still, and no one's talking about it just because he's 42 years old and the Mets experiment didn't go well, which, by the way, he posted a 3-1 with the Mets. So it wasn't like that was a failure. That was just everything else around him failed with the Mets. But Justin Verlander, in a vacuum, is a top pitcher in Major League Baseball. And I don't think – it's almost like when people are saying who are the best quarterbacks in football – you couldn't take Tom Brady off your list until he had that bad year or until he obviously retired. I'm not ready to jump off of Justin Verlander until he has a year where he's mundane and we realize, okay, maybe Justin Verlander's lost a tick. I think that happened with Max Scherzer last year. If Max Scherzer was fully healthy, there would be a solid debate for, hey, Max Scherzer is not a top 10 starting pitcher in baseball anymore. Verlander hasn't had that happen. So, I think, and you guys can correct me if I'm wrong, neither of you had him on your list because you're projecting for that dip to happen in 2024. I just couldn't say, coming off of the dominant two years he's had in Houston and then technically New York, I don't see any signs for that decline to happen. I mean, you're saying that, like, we. I don't think the decline is going to be that steep. I just think that there's... 20 i mean me and Dylan, you we There's did so many good pitchers. it was 25 guys that we 
could have made on this list it's not that we i would hope i'm not want to speak for henry but i think it's more that we like some guys just more than him personally it's not (laughs) on verlander i think it's more just again he's sitting around 11 12 11 to 15 it's not like he's just like 50th on running our lists yeah no and i also like i mean as i think that when justin verlander is will be on the field i i see no reason why he won't be at least some some version of the Justin Verlander that we know and either love or hate, depending on what teams you root for. I think that we've seen that he sort of has one injury a year, pretty much since 2020. I will, I obviously, you're never wishing for somebody to get an injury, but I'm curious to see if the trend continues and the severity of it, because obviously 2021, um, was was a Tommy John and he's had a couple he had a calf injury in 2022 he hurt his terrace major which if anybody knows where that is please enlighten me um but he I know he did oh Dylan's pointing to his back it um, happened with the mess I have to know this stuff um, <laughs> um, <laughs> so so he's he's had he's had injuries for like once a year where he's missed a chunk of time I think that he will I think he'll slightly regress, not terribly much. I think he'll miss a little time, which is why I didn't put him on my top ten. But he's still, you're right, he's elite. Uh huh. First ballot Hall of Famer. Debate for another day if it's with the Tigers. If Mauer is, then Justin Verlander <laughs> sure as hell is. True, but Nico, I'm gonna come to you, and then we're gonna start. Now, as we get to the bottom of our list, grouping a couple of guys, and I'm gonna go with the guy you had at number six and Kevin Gosman, and the guy you had at number seven, Zach Gallen. How do you determine who goes above who? So. For me, one thing that really like hurts me with guys and like is I value elite stuff over consistency sometimes, which like, and it sounds, um, I mean more about like all roundedness. So the big thing for me with Kevin Gosman is his elite splitter and he has the elite splitter and the consistency. He's been a top pitcher since he figured it out with the Giants and he's really figured out that splitter. The fact that he's again, we're gonna talk, he's in a lighter NL. He's the AL is just lighter than the NL when you're talking about elite pitchers. I think that Gosman has shown that he's able to replicate with that elite splitter the consistency of being a top three, top four pitcher in the AL. And I think that Gallon, there is the chance of that regression. And I think the biggest thing that made me differ between them two is I see that there's a lot better chance of regression from Zach Gallen. I love Zach Gallen. I think that there's also a chance that Gallen wins the Cy Young this year. He's not my pick, but I wouldn't be surprised at all. It's just from when I'm weighing these two guys, I don't think Gallen has a pitch that matches up with the elite splitter of Kevin Gosman. And also I see a bigger chance of regression from Zach Gallen than Kevin Gosman. But again, it's, it's a lot of splitting hairs here. Henry, let's group the two lefties on your list: Blake Snell versus Max Freed. Yeah. Um, honestly, if Blake Snell had just won the NL Cy Young, I totally would have had Max Freed over him. I love Max Freed so much. He is probably my favorite pitcher to watch in baseball because when he's out there, he is he is so good. I remember watching. I think it was, I think it was Game Six. He started he started Game Six in the World Series. And was through six in, six innings, no runs, gave up six hits. It was incredible to watch. And since then, I've just loved to watch him pitch. Um, he is 
obviously he's coming off of an injury and wasn't wasn't quite the Max Freed that we've come to know um, in 2023. But I really feel like when he is on the field, he has maybe not only the best curveball in baseball, but I think you can make an argument that if we get a full a full year of Max Freed, in he a has a year. very what in a contract year too. In a contract year, I think we could by the end of the year say that he is the best left-handed pitcher in baseball, and I and I think that that's not a even a bold take. Did I put Blake Snell over him? Yeah, but that was also kind of a nod because Blake Snell just won the Scion, and we also don't know where he's going to go. Right, he could go to a really pitcher-friendly park, and then some of his concerns with walks and then fly balls can sort of cancel each other out. If he goes to if if Blake Snell signs with the Yankees, which he probably won't, but considering the Yankees are the only people who have actually offered him a deal so far, it, he might. If Blake Snell signs with the Yankees, I'll I will personally post something to the side of the counter and say Max Fried is over him. I uh-huh. really do love Max Fried, and I think that there's a solid chance he's the best left-handed pitcher in baseball by the end of the year. I like, and I will toss out another left-handed pitcher that I had on my list. And again, the stats in 2023 do not indicate that he is the best left-handed pitcher in baseball. But yet again, 29 games pitched and a 3.47 ERA. Might I also add 113 strikeouts in 96 innings. He had a top 3% breaking ball in Major League Baseball last year. X ERA was in the top 10 percentiles. Fastball Vila is in the top 10 percentile. Whiff rate's in the top 20 percentile. The K rate is in the top 15 percentile. And that was in the season that Cole Reagans was just getting his break. I think at the end of the year, the Orioles, fi- or not the Orioles, the Royals finally allowed him to be a starting pitcher full time. And he was elite. In August and September of this year, Cole Reagans really found his own groove, pitching every fifth day and became the quiet ace of the Kansas City Royals. Now, the Royals weren't good, so that wasn't saying a lot. But his statistics alone, if he can replicate what he did in August and September over a full season, that is a top 10 pitcher in baseball. We've said a lot over the last few months, surprising a lot, about why the Royals are going to be good in 2024. And, Nico, I know we've said MJ. I know we've said Pasquantino. We even made some Seth Lugo jokes a couple days ago, too. This guy will be the reason they're good. If the Royals have any chance at winning the AL Central and actually competing with a team like the Orioles or the Yankees, it's because they need that number one and no offense to Lugo, and no offense to Michael Waka or Brady Singer, Cole Reagans has to be the number one. And I feel, based on our predictions over the last couple of weeks, Cole Reagans got to be on our top ten, or at least on mine. Nico? Yeah, I think also the Royals were smart. I think the Royals understand that he's their number one. I yeah. think that either him or Brady Singer, I think that they really signed people with that in mind. I think they signed Waka and Seth Lugo with it in mind of, you guys are very good low floor, uh, high floor guys that can be solid starters. We're going to bank on you. We know you're going to be solid starters. And our success is going to be dependent on two guys that we think could break out being elite. And I yep. think that that's really shown. So I think definitely the big thing of having Cole Reagans up as an ace is the Royals believe that he's going to be an ace. Mm-hmm. So I think that does do a lot towards it. Let's go rapid fire here to round out our list. You get 30 seconds on your bottom pick. Henry, since we already talked about Zach Gallen, we're going to go with your number nine, Luis Castillo. How do you crack your list? Yeah, I mean, I 
pretty sure it was the last episode that I was on that I spent like 10 minutes just taking a big dump on the Mariners <laughs> roster construction. The one person that that won't be the two people that, that won't be happening with are obviously Julio and Luis Castillo. Luis Castillo, since getting traded to the Mariners, has just been absolutely dominant. There's no I don't have the numbers in front of me, but last year he pitched like an ace when and and pitched like a top a top five pitcher in the AL. I think that's pretty fair to say. Um, I see no reason why he can't. Did I maybe put him on because he wasn't getting much love? Sure. But I see no reason why Luis Castillo isn't a top 10 player, shouldn't be considered a top 10 player in the or top 10 pitcher in the game of baseball. Just because like it's when you look at his body of work for the Mariners, it's been beyond solid. And frankly, that's what the Mariners are going to need this year because their hitting is not going to do it for them. Nico. Luis Castillo won't be the best pitcher on the Mariners this year. Just want to make that known. Hot take. Kerbals? George Jorge Kerbals? Jorge Kerbals is going to throw that knuckle a lot. And I think this is – I really wanted to put him on my top ten. I, I think that by the end of the year, I think he'll be the number one. Interesting. Let's talk about your nine and ten. You get 30 seconds on Tyler Glasnow and Logan Webb. Two pretty opposite pitchers. Yeah, I'll start with Logan Webb because I really love Logan Webb, and I first want to apologize for putting him at number 10. It was very tough. He moved just like, oh, I like this guy a little better. I like this guy. Logan Webb, I feel like is, I'm going to compare him to Garrett Cole in this way. I don't think there's a world where he has a bad year next year. I think that for a lot of guys in this list that we can see like, oh, maybe this guy sees some regression. Maybe this guy. I really don't see a world where Logan Webb isn't a top five pitcher in the in the NL at least, I think that no matter what, we're gonna get Logan Webb being Logan Webb. I think that what the he's been able to do with the Giants is just the pillar of consistency that we've only seen out of guys like Garrett Cole and I guess yeah, you can throw Zach Wheeler in there. He's just the safest pick. It seems like out of like a lot of people. Like I know what I'm gonna get with Logan Webb, which I don't think you can say about a lot of guys. And then I would say glass now is the exact opposite. I am picking just straight ceiling on glass now. I think that if he stays healthy, which again is the big problem, is I think that he has the ability to have the best stuff right now on the on the Dodgers. I think that there's a lot of hype about Yamamoto. And I think because he he has the hype and we may get a little bit into him, I think that glass now, and personally, in my opinion, when healthy is going to have better stuff than him. I think that his stuff plays a lot better. And I think that I've seen him be dominant in the MLB. I think that especially because all the hype, even though they have a lot of pressure on that rotation, I think a lot of hype is going to be Yamamoto to be that guy. And I think with all that hype being around him, Glass now could just show up in May. And we're going to be looking at May being like, why is all the hype around Yamamoto? It should be around Glass now. Because there's a chance that through May, just randomly we see that Glass now maybe on a pitch count, has the best ERA in baseball. We're just going to be like, where the hell is that coming from? I think that that wouldn't last because of, again, his inning count and stuff like that. But from a stuff perspective, I can easily see that if he stays healthy, he's a top 10 pitcher. We'll get to Yoshi in a second, but let's just go with my number 10, Marcus Stroman. And when I first said the name, even the Yankee fan in the chat said, what the hell? But two stats for you, Henry. Number one, 57.1%. And number two, 0.55. Do you know what either of those are? I'm going to go 51.7 is his ground ball rate and 0.55 is his I got to guess. Walk rate. Or no, no, uh uh, uh whip. No, no. 
So it's that it's actually so it's 57.1% is the ground ball percentage, which I think at Yankee Stadium is huge because that, so that, that is that is big. As you were saying with Blake Snell, you don't want a guy that's giving up fly balls at Yankee Stadium. And Marcus Stroman is the epitome of a ground ball pitcher. He's never had a year in his career where his ground ball percentage was above or was below 50%. So that's huge at Yankee Stadium. The other was home run rate, which was 0.55 last season home runs per nine, which think about that. He's up less than a home less. It's hold on math done. That's a home run roughly every 18 innings, which at Yankee Stadium again, massive. Huge. So is Marcus Stroman going to be the number 10 pitcher in baseball? Perhaps. Because he also takes the ball every fifth day. As you were mentioning, other than Garrett Cole, that Yankees rotation was a mess last year. Slide him in at number two. Take the pressure off Carlos Rodon. Match made in heaven. I know if you were to ask Henry 12 months ago, yeah, Marcus Stroman's going to be a Yankee. I think you would have laughed in my face and said, no shot, Marcus and Brian Cashman put that together. But here we are in a perfect shotgun marriage, I think, for both sides. And then also, we'd just like to shout out, because can't believe no one's talked about him yet. Kodai Senga, good pitcher. Shout out. Top yeah. 10, probably. I have him there. If- you guys have him really close. It's one of those guys that could be on it, and you're not going to get upset about it, and I'm not going to get upset that you guys had him close either. I flipped a coin, and I knew that you were going to talk about him. I'm going to be honest. A lot of it was I knew you were going to talk and that you were going to have him on your list. It, it was very simple. Like I, I basically flipped a coin. <laughs> Top five pitch, I think, in baseball with the split I think you- change, the ghost fork. That could be a dominant pitch if he learns to lean on it. He's teaching Tyler McGill how to use the American spork, so I'm going to be interested – the big thing with Senga this year, and it's not even his pitching, it's that last year he came to the States, pitched every sixth day. We kept him on a different, you know, trying to keep him as comfortable as possible in Japan. He also was behind Justin Verlander and Max Scherzer. This year, it's his staff. The Mets are done adding pitching, it seems like. He's going to be the number one. He's going to start on opening day, and it's, all right, here's the keys to the city of the biggest place in the world. How can you handle New York as an ace? And we'll see what happens there. But before we continue on, we've got a great segment for you guys. And of course, you enjoyed listening to myself, Nico and Henry talk about starting pitchers. But we're going to be joined by an expert here in a second. So let's take a quick break and we'll come back with a third co-host. Great news. Cybersired is now partnered with SeatGeek. For all ticketing needs, go to SeatGeek.com and use promo code SIDERETIREDPOD in all capitals for $20 off your first order. We've got you covered from all things ranging from sporting events to concerts, including Major League Baseball and Taylor Swift. Yes, this means we're officially taking you out to the ballgame. And now for the rest of today's edition of Side Retired. All right, to spice it up a little bit this week on the Starting Pitchers episode, we're going to be joined by a very special guest for this segment. So, Nico, I know you want to introduce him, so go for it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we have everyone on the pod, but I feel like we need a little bit of credibility for a list, so... I was like, you know, I'll, I'll just call him my my brother, you know, Division One pitcher Matt Fernandez pitching at Pitt right now. I feel like if there's anyone who's going to know how to do a starting pitcher list, it's going to be Matt. Matt, what's up, bro? How are you guys doing? What's up, Dylan? How you been, man? All good. Long time no see, but of course, we're going to be here breaking down your starting pitcher list. If you want to go introduce the audience from 10 to 1, if there's any honorable mentions that you want to throw in as well. Yeah, I have I have a couple honorable mentions that I'll throw in. I don't know my credibility behind it. I think it might be pretty <laughs> good, but we'll, but we'll go from there. So um, starting off, I have an, an honorable mention. My first one is Yuri Perez. Um, 
reasoning behind that one is uh, I, I just think it's a very young young ball club, very fun to watch. I think it's someone that's going to sneak into that list on the back end and can if um, if the team does put up the same numbers or even better numbers than they did before. I think they lost losing a big arm in Sandy. I think someone's going to have to step up that, and help Lazardo out, and I think it will be him and even push over Lazardo at that point. Um, and then my my other honorable mention is someone that I think will sneak into the top ten when he get if he does get traded to a contender, which is Shane Bieber. Um, I think the Indians have a shot at doing something in that division again and trying to uh, backing up the Twins, but um, but yeah. So then Shane Bieber when he gets traded, so ten to one. I'm gonna go. Uh, my ten is Grayson Rodriguez. Nine. Yoshinobu Yamamoto, eight, Zach Gallen, seven, Senga, six, Corbin Burns, number five will be Cole Reagans, number four, Spencer Strider, then my top three will be three, Pablo Lopez, followed by Zach Wheeler, number two, and then number one, retaining the title will be Garrett Cole. I love it. There's two names that jump out to me at first for opposite reasons. One that so far on this episode, I've been the only one arguing for this guy, and that's Cole Reagans that I had in my top 10 and no one else has touched. And then on the other end, a guy that Nico and I are not very high on, but you did find room for him, is Yamamoto. So if you want to go sort of defend your two picks on those two guys, I'm definitely interested in that. Yeah, so I'll start off with Yamamoto. I mean, there's no denying that the second best professional baseball league is in Japan and he's found a way to win back-to-back MVPs. You know, I think, you know, I've I've talked to Nico about it off the pod in many, many different, um, many, many different conversations. And he, and we've kind of agreed on some things to suit. I think overall from a baseball player standpoint, the pitch repertoire is there. He has every single pitch that needs to be done. I think the I think the World Baseball Classic showed last year that the hardest pitch to hit in baseball is a 90 mile per hour splitter. You know, not only does he throw it, but the best if it was if he wasn't hurt, the best pitcher in baseball in 2024 would have that pitch, which is um Shohei Otani. So um so I think that 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 in itself, this that outlier of a pitch helps. I think other facts like velocity him and he's done it you know he's dominated a league that's very 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 well well touted with athletes you know ex-major leaguers so I think that has to do with it and I think he's going to be very protected in that rotation I think it's going to be a lot not as much pressure as people think you know with signing of big names he's not going to have a lot of pressure with that lineup I think it's going to be more in the beginning for the first two three months of him just going out there and pitching and getting used to major league baseball, which is going to be, I think, relatively easy for him. Not saying that the league is easy. I'm saying that just him not having as much pressure as being a number one or number two coming into the league, it's going to be very, it's going to have a lot of pressure. So I think the lack of pressure is also something that's going to help him a lot. I know there's pressure in LA, you're pitching on Sunday night baseball probably two or three times in his first first two months in baseball. But I think the lack of pressure from the amount of names, uh, Tyler Glass now signing, you know, uh, Kershaw, whenever he comes back, you know, I think they have some young names in there that are going to help too. I think all those guys being around them, you know, Urias in the back end of that rotation, I think all that's going to help him boost into the top 10. So then, and then Cole Reagan's at five is, um, is something that I, I was thinking about where to put him, And then I started thinking that this is a list that we're going to look at at the end of 2024 and seeing it's going to see that 
I have some credibility and I just think that I think it's a it's a division that's going to be that's going to be not I mean not easy to pitch in but easy to pitch in for the big leagues as in everything is big ballparks it's hitter friendly ballparks it's not not very very star-studded lineups you know and I think he showed last year with the pitch repertoire he has with that I mean the electric fast from the left side up, up to 102 almost unhittable I mean, the breaker, it's there. I think he has what it takes, especially in that rotation too. Other young arms, right, that are going to be in there ready singer to protect him too. I think he's going to have his, I think midway through, we're going to be looking back at it and he's going to be, he's going to be top three Cy Young, top three to Cy Young voting this year easily. Yeah, I think that, again, if he replicates what he did last year, I think that that's easily something that could be discussed. When I, when I asked you to come on, the, and I was explaining it to you. the The big thing I told you is, if you your two Cy Young picks got to be close. <laughs> to them. So I guess how I'll start with that. Like, who are your two Cy Young picks? Is it you think Cole's going back to back? Do you think it's Wheeler, Pablo, Strider? What do you think? So, so what I'll say on that is my first take is, um, I think that when we all when we sit down and look back at it, I think Garrett Cole's gonna be the best pitcher in baseball. I think that his, I think that he showed it. I think, um. Not only is he the best pitcher in baseball, he's also pitching in the best market in baseball, pitching in pinstripes. You know, so I think no matter what, looking back at it, everybody's going to say, you know what, Garrett Cole is the best pitcher in baseball. Going back to back Cy Young, I think is probably one of the most difficult things to do in sports, being 162 games and the amount of starting pitches that there are. I think it's harder than probably winning back to back MVPs in the NFL, harder than winning back to back MVPs in baseball. I think, I think going back to back in the Cy Young is very, very tough. So my AL pick is Pablo Lopez at three. Um, I think same thing, almost the same thing kind of that I said about Reagan that I'm going to say about him. And on top of that, he's pitching for a contender, a lot of run support coming from that lineup. I think he's going to be very, very well. I think he's going to be very, very well-rounded. And I think it's just, I think it's easy for him to take off from last year too. I think last year had a very good year. I think his ERA got a little bit high towards the back end of the year. I think it went up to like a 3-6. But I still think that, oh, I think that his momentum from last year will carry over into this year. Um, And then my other one is Zach Wheeler. I think he's he's a pitcher that's throughout the whole season is very, very slept on till September comes and the Phillies make a push and then October comes and the Phillies make the World Series or make the NLCS. You know, and I just think that I think this might be the year that he finally makes that breakthrough to do it for 162 straight. I think the stuff is there. He knows how to pitch. He pit, uh, he knows how to pitch to his ballpark, has a very good pitcher-catcher relationship with Ramuto. This is going to be, I think, year three. I think year three or four, him throwing to him too. Um. Um, year two with the manager, I think he's gonna have a lot more pool. I think it's gonna be very, very easy for him to take off with that award. It, it might, it might be, it, it might be a good stretch. I think between him and the next pitcher. To be honest with you, I love it. I think Nico is very impressed that this is one of the handful of people that have actually understood the assignment of this is a 2024 prediction, and that James, when he's listening back on this, uh, has not understood the assignment so far. In yeah. that. Uh, James, no, I think I, that I, the way I kind of looked at it when I was explained it was that when we when I sit down in September when or October and we're looking yeah. at the list, if if I were to write down the pitchers that are the top ten pitchers in baseball, it'll match up to my list. Dude, it's not that tough a concept. <laughs> for five minutes, no, I have obviously a prediction. I'm not going to put my NL Cy Young at at eight. I mean, you know, there's and I and I tried to not mix in anything different. I think like adding guys like Senga, I think Senga needs to be in the top 10. Senga has the best pitch in baseball, hands down. That fourth ball is the best pitch in baseball, easily. 
You know, I think it's it, it voted on by major league hitters to be the best pitch in baseball. So he needs to be top 10, you know, and I, and other guys in there that I think will fit. In, when you go back at it, you look back and say, this guy's the top 10 pitcher. This guy's a top 10 pitcher in the big leagues right now. Yeah. I love it. Um, I'll get your perspective on this. This is not really more, I guess it has to do with your rankings because you obviously would think this guy is good. Is there anyone that like you see like either on your top 10 or maybe like just outside your top 10 that you're like, damn, if I could like replicate one pitcher. Like this is the guy I would want to like model after. Um, so I think I the reason he's not in my top ten is because he's coming back from injury. But I've really, really enjoyed looking as Walker Buehler. I think um, I think a lot of people get mixed up with him that he's this huge guy, huge lanky. I mean, he's not that tall. I think he's maybe six two. I think he's around the six two range. You know, obviously an inch or two taller than me, but like, I mean, it's someone that I liked very, very similar fastball metrics, very similar breaking ball metrics. You know, I think the one thing he has on me that I don't throw right now is the 12, six break is like more of a 12, six breaker, but he throws the hard slider slash cutter. He throws the fastball up. Um, He tried to sink it a little bit. I think him would be who he would fit into my, I think he, he can find his way into a rankings like this. I just think it's very tough coming off of injury. And he's also someone that can help in the Yamamoto case. But I think Walker Buehler would be who would would is kind of who I'm emulating, trying to emulate right now. Yeah, I mean the big thing that hurt him is just say he's coming back in May. Like that was the big. Yeah, exactly. I think I think it's coming back in May, and I think Tommy John number one is okay. I think Tommy John number two, we start pushing. You know. Yeah. You know absolutely. that there's only certain guys that can come back from that. And then speaking of injuries, the one thing that we always notice about Grace Rodriguez is he's electric when he's on the field, but he has those injuries. You found a way to get him in at number ten. Your thoughts on him? My thoughts on Grayson Rodriguez are I think it's going to be someone that's going to be very, 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 very highlighted and the microscope is going to be on him because the Orioles are going to try and go try and win the division again. And I think the only way they do it is with good pitching from him. So my take is that they're going to be top two in that division. Um, And I think it's w- with the willpower of him. I think he's the one that's going to lead him there. I think Bradish did a good job last year trying to do that. You know, and Bradish took the reins when he was off the field. I think he's fought those. But I think... What is it? it? Is this considered year three for Gary? No, year two. Or no, year two. I think it still counts as a cup of coffee for year one when he had his yeah. year oh, one. He's, this is year two. Yeah, this is really year two. Year it's like two. Yeah, yeah, I think, I think like that's, that's what I was going to say. I think I think, I think, year two might be year two slash three, whatever we want to call it. I think it's going to be a little bit more of a – I think I think we got the feet wet already. I think we know what's going on. I think he knows he's going to know how to take care of himself. He's going to know how to do a five-day rotation. I think he's going to take the reins. I think he's going to be a – uh, a, a sub, uh, I think I'm not even going to say probably even like a sub 375 guy with a lot of strikeouts and going to have probably a good amount of W's under his column too. Yeah, the thing with like Grayson is I, he, it's like you said, when he's on the field, he's great. And I think as he matures, it, a lot of it when I look at like rookies is do I see the flashes of what could be? Because Yeah, think, exactly. I think that's yeah. very huge because it happens and I'll say like even in college baseball it happens with like freshmen. You see a freshman, oh, like the flash are there like listen he's flashing 94 on the gun like it's there you know i mean no one's gonna argue that the stuff is there for grayson i mean he yeah. wiped the minor leagues he came up to the big leagues and he did his thing every every I other see you know right. i mean i mean he i mean it, it, the stuff is for sure there it's if he can stay do it on a regular basis every every five to six days i love it absolutely and then to round things out here because obviously we've talked a lot of starting pitchers we do have a starting pitcher on the pod right now so how you doing season upcoming at pit what you're looking forward to um, I'm very excited for it. Very excited. Um, we have a very, very good group of guys coming in. Uh, I think we have 12 or 13 returners. The rest are transfers. 
um obviously with the transfer portal and stuff like that you guys know how that stuff is now so i mean um very good group of guys a lot of guys from from here pittsburgh the 412 that are that are going to make an impact on this team and i think and what I'm going to say is don't look at the preseason rankings with this team but with this team in mind. Whatever comes up on those preseason rankings, no, it's it's it might not be true at the end of the year. Remember, though, they're just predictions. Get cool. So, um, <laughs> I was going, but, let me tell you like this. You better be good because I'm going to like almost all <laughs> Yeah, I think I <laughs> – Yeah, I, I think we're – I think we have a very good ball club. I think we're very, very well coached. Um, And I think this is a team that can make splashes. It splashes not and not only in the ACC but on the national stage. Yeah. So I'm very very excited as a senior to be a part of this team. I like it. Yeah, Let's I keep think, those uh, receipts. Yeah, yeah hopefully, keep... hopefully, uh, <laughs> hopefully the people listening watch a couple games. We'll see. Yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm gonna be there, so I'll just tell people to start. Yeah, very excited, but I'm very excited. Starting two weeks, so we'll see how it goes. The fun thing of of having a podcast and for for you both things you said your rankings and what you just said now is that. When you go into like for the next like couple of weeks, you're gonna be like, "Wow, how much of an idiot was I?" <laughs> well, uh, we'll see if if we start off the year and you know we're zero nine. I'll look back. On it. Oh, I'm talking more about your rankings, bro. At the end of the day, you, <laughs> well, I thought you were talking about my team. No, no I'm not the rankings in general. I think the <laughs> rankings. I think my rankings are very, very good. That's what I'm saying. But like, there's still your like you have your hot takes because that's the thing. It's like, bro. Obviously, like we want to take risks and get stuff out there. And it's like you just never want to be like the guy who's like, damn. I hope not. I hope I'm not that guy. I hope, Zach, and missed. I hope, I hope Zach Wheeler has a career here. Then <laughs> I will. If not, I might never ever be on back here. So. <laughs> no, the fun's gonna be no matter what. There's gonna be a clip circulating on the TikTok in like eight months of either we saw the Zach Wheeler breakout coming or shout out to Matt for saying that Zach Wheeler yeah, for exactly. his five you know, ERA season had him win in the side. Yeah, let's, I mean, let's see. I mean, I really put myself in that with Sunny Gray. I'll say one thing: if I, if I, if I, if I guess both Cy Youngs, I think I'll be back in the pod next year, a year from today. Absolutely, so. absolutely. Well, we're looking forward to having you back on the podcast, regardless of the prediction at some of point course, in the anytime. future. And we Just really appreciate you hopping on tonight. Of course, thank you guys so much. Appreciate you guys having me. Always love listening in. Always, always listening. Appreciate you guys. Always, thank you so much. Absolutely, 100%. Now we're going to throw it back to the guys where Nico, James, and Henry are going to do our very classic edition of Yay or Nay. Get ready for a home run of a deal as we're offering fans an exclusive 30% off all Dugout Mugs orders using the special promo code SRP30 at checkout at dugoutmugs.com, the official mug of Side Retired. Enjoy Dugout Mugs' unique and high-quality products at an unbeatable price. And now for the rest of today's edition of Side Retired. Well, boys, that was a great segment just now. Nico, I'm sure you enjoyed catching up with Matt, hearing all about his list. And now it's time for the segment that we've all grown to love and appreciate. And welcome to this week's highly controversial edition of Yay or Nay. Because when we started this poll, we had around 60 candidates that we could have put on our list. And some people used up a lot of those guys. Let's start off with number five on Harry Kilman's list, Yoshinobu Yamamoto. I don't. He's I, never thrown a pitch in Major League Baseball. <laughs> my whole thing is, I think that I I don't know if I'm the only one on this. I personally don't like his repertoire. I think that that's something that's been loved a lot by people. I think that a lot of what his repertoire is is on that curveball, and I don't. I think curveballs are very hit or miss. I think people have a uh, really hyped up his his splitter, 
But again, his splitter was never known to be his second best pitch. His second best pitch has always been known to be his curve. So it worries me because I think curves, again, very hit or miss. You either have an elite curve or a terrible curve. That's kind of how it goes in Major League Baseball. So that really scares me, the fact that, again, one, his second best pitch is not the one that people are talking about. They're only talking about his third best pitch. And two, again, he like Henry said, he hasn't pitched. How about Henry? Harriet, the number one spot on his list had Spencer Strider. I mean, I disagree, but I do think he's going to win the, the Cy Young. So, like, I can't disagree too much. I had him at two. Harry also used the bottom of his list to shout out aforementioned number nine, George Kirby, and number 10, Bobby Miller. I like them both. I'm going to be honest. I think Bobby Miller's gross. I would say I would venture. I could see, I can guarantee that Yamamoto won't have the best year of any Dodger pitcher. I will say that right now. <laughs> and I think it's between Glass now and Bobby Miller. I can easily, we're done with this, we're done with the season and be like, we thought Yamamoto. Turns out that their ace was just Bobby Miller, and we just didn't want to believe it. Henry, let's talk about some of the fan-suggested players, and there's a lot of guys with a lot of experience being on these lists that we've left off, starting off with Framber Valdez. Yeah, I mean, we talked about it a lot um, on our Astros exclusive episode, but I don't know. I think that I don't think that Framber will be pedestrian per se. But I don't know that we are going to get the same Framber that we got when the Astros won the World Series. Nico, out of the three Cleveland Aces, who is the best season? Shane Bieber, Tristan McKenzie, Tanner Bybee? Bieber. For a simple reason, Bieber is going to get traded. (laughs) I think that Bieber is going to get traded, and I think that he's going to be right. McKenzie scares me, again, for a lot of the reasons that I said with Yamamoto. I'm not a big... I think curveballs are very hit or miss. Um, Bybee, I think, is going to see some regression. I don't think he's going to grow. I think this is kind of what we're going to get. And I think Bieber's going to get traded. So I think, again, dependent on where Bieber ends up, I think it's going to be a competitor. That's what makes sense. So I'm going to say Bieber. Let's talk about two lists because I, I'm checking in because I want to make sure I have these two guys correct before we get into the rest of your A. Matt Potter. I love you, Matt. Jesus. This is the worst list I've seen in my life. Let's start off with the caveat. And he said, everyone else will have this guy on their list, but he's not making mine. Garrett Cole is not on his top 10 list. That's because he's a Mets fan. That's the next thing I'm saying. He's such a clown. At number 10, it's Spencer Strider. Nice. At number nine, it's Zach Eflin. At number eight, it's Corbin Burns. At number seven, it's the free agent Jordan Montgomery. At number six, Kodai Senga. Number five, Kevin Gosman. Number four, Zach Wheeler. You're probably wondering, wait, there aren't like three elite starting pitchers left. Who's on this list? I'll tell you who's elite. At number three, it's Kyle Bradish. Fun. At number two, it's Zach Gallen. And at number one, the reigning National League Cy Young Award winner. And apparently Matt Potter, if he was a GM, would offer him a boatload, but apparently no other GM is willing to offer him anything. Blake Snell. Let's go to the next list. I don't, I don't even want to talk. See, <laughs> he sucks. I'm, I'm not making a comment on this list. Which it, brings if Kyle us- Bradish was the number three pitcher in baseball, the, the trade that happened 15 minutes ago wouldn't have happened. 
Which brings us to David Halpert's top 10 starting pitcher list. And at number 10, Aaron Nola joined the party. And he said Nola will be the Phillies ace over Zach Wheeler this year, who did not make his list. Number wow. nine, Pablo Lopez. I kind of like Pablo Lopez. I, I, I really bad. like, I will say Pablo Lopez was on the cusp of being on my list. Um, Definitely like that pick. Number eight, more Zach Eflin love with the Tampa Bay Rays. Number seven, Luis Castillo. Number six, I really wanted to fit this guy on my list, but it just didn't work. Justin Steele of the Chicago Cubs. And Nico hates that pick. All right. Number five, Zach Gallen. Number four, and I thought I was his biggest supporter, but Kodai Senga is up at number four for David. Number three, a name we have not mentioned yet. I was debating putting him inside my top ten, but then I realized he wasn't that good. Nathan Avaldi. At number three. Three is too high. Hurry, Dylan, hurry it up. Two is Spencer Strider and one is Garrett Cole. I don't hate Nathan Avaldi, but three is three is too high. It's just I think Avaldi got a very skewed by the fact that he tried to pitch. Um he came back early. So that's one thing I'll say. Yeah. I think that I really the think that you should look at the first the first half of the postseason because that's when he got um when he was truly healthy. But I don't think he's a top three pitcher at all. And then Steele, I, I thought he was gonna get mentioned. I thought someone was gonna put him on his list so I could push back. It ends up it's David. Sorry, David. Um <laughs> I don't like Justin Steele for one specific reason. There's nothing that blows me away. The fact that he sits 92 to 93, and the thing that's elite about him is his fastball is very terrifying because typically when you have an elite fastball, it's not 92 to 93. So, again, it's not like he throws a sinker. He's throwing a fastball. That's his pitch. So the fact that the reason we're saying a guy's good is because he has a fastball that I don't believe in, I can't put him in my top ten. I think he's going to have – very steep regression. I think we're going to see a regression like Kyle Hendricks. All right, and let's play the game. Now we're actually going to play Yeager Nate for real. Going to say a name. Is he a top 10 starting pitcher or not? These were, again, all submitted by our fan, SideRetiredPod at gmail.com. Relievers is up next if you want to submit your hot takes there. Yuri Perez. Love okay. it. I Love wanted – I I actually really considered p- trying to put him and Lizardo on, but no. If you're looking for a bet for Cy Young, bet on Yuri Perez. That's second. Fair. Second was Jesus Lizardo. I love. I like that too. I like it. Was it 2021 ALSI? The only thing is he screams to me like a lot of hype. I think he's been getting a lot of hype because of the trade. It seems to me a lot of hype under delivers, but I really like him. Mitch Keller. Oh. If if he could figure out how to now allow nine runs, say no. Zero runs a game, then yeah, but no. Joe Ryan. No. Hot, but no. (laughs) Logan Gilbert. Could be. I don't think that there's. I think could be the best three in baseball. Yeah, but I I don't think so. Freddie Peralta. No. No elite stuff, but no. Walker Bueller. Love it. I hope so. Love it. I don't think he'll pitch enough this year. But if he if he came back a little earlier, I he would have. I think I would have put him for glass now if he came a little earlier. You Darvish. Sadly, no. No, two years ago, yeah. Joe Musgrove. Chris Sale. He's for sure just gonna the, <laughs> the other the other maybe best three in baseball. Just despite me, he's gonna have like a two five, and I'm just gonna be there like but 
I don't. I mean, he's not going to pitch. That's the big problem. Is he? Uh, it's the question is what's going to break first from being a Red Sox fan. That's the big problem. Is what's he going to get injured next? Nico, tell us about Brian Bayo. I don't want to talk. No, all right. We've Nico's talked about Brian Bayo. My honest opinion on Brian Bayo. He's not a top ten starting pitcher. Moving on, we got a couple more. Hunter Green. Elite stuff, but no. This one's gonna be hot because it's the same thing that we were just talking about with Yoshinobu Yamamoto. Someone had the guts to put Paul Skeens. He won't pitch enough, but I love it. I like that more. (laughs) He won't pitch enough. He won't pitch enough, but I truly like the pick. Someone had Shota Imanaga on their list. No. Someone had Michael King on their list. No. All right. All right. All right. If we if we hit the Michael King, sides retired, buddy. Are there any more real ones, Dylan? There are two ones. I think we had a loyal listener submit this one to us saying that this guy is going to rebound after ending his 2023 season in the worst possible way. Dean Kremer. No. <laughs> and then last, but certainly not least, you knew I had to bring this name up. No, on stop. starting pitcher no, he's list. Not getting a, he's not getting a contract. In Japan. He's not getting a contract. Trevor Bauer got. He's not getting mo- a contract. I will say the most write-in votes that we received to the side retired email were pro Trevor Bauer. Yeah, but he's not getting a contract, so it doesn't matter. Yeah. Well, that's if a... we're doing a, I mean, we can do a Japan top ten. Yeah, if we want to run NPB top ten, <laughs> Roki. I mean, I I Bauer. still don't think Trevor Bauer is yeah, one think... there. So. <laughs> I think Roki's still number one. So you know. Fun. Shout out Trevor Bauer. And of course, the odds are with Major League Baseball starting pitching that there's odds are one guy that we didn't mention tonight is likely going to be in the top 10, whether that's someone bouncing back like a Rodon or whether that's someone breaking out like a Nick Dolo. Something in baseball is going to happen. Someone's going to break out. But that's the beauty of this position, which I think I agree to round things off. Nico said it best. Toughest position to rank so far? Easy. Yeah. Far away, and it's only gonna get better next week when we have to figure out the relievers where we have to deal between closers and loogies and setup men and swing guys, and it's gonna be a mess. But for Dylan, James, Henry, and Nico, James wasn't even here, but we're still shouting him out until next week. Oh, yeah, but Shout out to Matt. Matt was actually here. James wasn't. Shout out to James also for putting Garrett Cole four on his list and putting Kodai Senga at number two. I wasn't even going to mention that, but that's for the Instagram. So see you next week. Have a good weekend. And the side is retired.